You're listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. Sex and relationship advice you can use tonight. Hey, hey, Jess O'Reilly here, your friendly neighborhood sexologist. And I'm flying solo today without Brandon, but I will have a guest joining me in just a moment to share her story. Uh, Amira is going to talk to us about her recent breakup, and her story is real and raw and really inspirational. And interestingly, I think what she has to tell us really aligns with what the research says about getting over breakups. And I also want to answer a question related to this topic that somebody sent in about uh, an ex who cheated on them. But before I do, uh, shout out to Provacare, a brand I'm partnering with for Pro V Talks on Instagram. Be sure to follow them because their product uses probiotics to treat and prevent yeast and bacterial infections. And they're also working to create content and really community around overall sexual health, vaginal health, all that good stuff. They are by Provacare on Instagram. And you can find them in my profile as well and in the show notes. So, you know, I, I'm excited to talk to Amira, but first I want to answer this question about how to get over an ex who cheated. And, you know, this is a question that I get often because I think that, you know, cheating, sexual infidelity, whatever you call it, is is more common than we realize. I know that the data puts it in the range of 24%, so about a quarter of all relationships. But that data only reflects people who are willing to admit to it. So the reality is, uh, you know, many of us have cheated and we won't even admit it to ourselves. We've kind of told ourselves the story that we've erased that. And, uh, you know, people certainly move on after cheating, either with the same partner or with a new partner. And so what I'd say to this person who who sent me this message is that first and foremost, really give yourself permission to feel sad or mad or scared or insecure or unsure or excited or embarrassed or hopeful, like that full range of emotions that you inevitably experience after a breakup because breakups are inevitably going to involve a period of grieving and the feelings of loss are not necessarily lightened or assuaged by the fact that your ex cheated, you know, your ex was imperfect or your ex was awful. So you can be relieved to be rid of them and still miss some of the feelings and experiences you shared. Uh, This doesn't mean that you're weak. This just means that you're human. And uh, of course, I'm not suggesting that everyone who cheats is awful. That's not what I meant. But I mean that even if you aren't into your ex, you're still grieving the loss of that relationship. And so I think that's the first piece is go ahead and feel what you're feeling. And, um, And then, you know, you can move on to kind of thinking a little bit more rationally about the cheating and knowing that it wasn't your fault and knowing that you're not responsible for anybody else's behavior. Because one script or theme that I see and hear often is that people say, oh, this happened, but maybe if I had done this differently. But ultimately, you know, your partner's behavior is their own and it's it's not on you. And I know that, you know, if you have difficulty trusting after an ex cheats, I think it's important to remember that Trust is something that we decide to give. It is not something that we always earn. And I know that runs counter to 
the language that we use around trust, which is you have to earn my trust. But the reality is most of the trust that we share or issue or offer in life is not earned. We trust complete strangers. We trust people that we don't like. We trust um, people with whom we have a rocky relationship. We trust people whom we didn't choose, like family members, you know, parents, cousins, aunties, uncles, um, children. We have to give them some amount of trust. And so I would say kind of look at ways you can build your own self-esteem so that you are more open to trusting others and and connecting with others, uh, even if you're not ready to date again. And and one thing that I often ask clients to do around self-esteem is to make a list of all of your best qualities. And, And this is a weird thing to do, to keep track of your highs, your accomplishments, you know, new experiences, compliments, proud moments. And I think it can, you know, people think that it's either cheesy or that it makes them self-absorbed. But if you do want in the future to pursue and continue to build healthy relationships, you really have to know what you bring to the table. And, you know, I just want to offer the reminder that there's no evidence that because an ex cheated, that a future partner will cheat. So if you are ready to date again, focus on kind of being in the moment getting to know the person or people with whom you're spending time and tuning into what you feel in their presence rather than, you know, looking for every red flag or sign or assessing whether or not they're similar to your ex because they may have some things in common with your ex, but, you know, cheating is a, is a specific behavior that that people opt into. So I wouldn't want to measure future partners against your ex. And so I hope I hope that's a little bit helpful. Um, You know, we have research on how breakups work, the stages of breakups, and how how to break up with compassion. And that's actually something I'd like to talk about in the near future. But I thought, I really think that it would be most helpful to chat with someone who recently went through a breakup. So joining me now is Amira Devera, the owner of Project 4 Public Relations. Uh, she represents some of Canada's top talent in the entertainment and lifestyle industries and recently went through a breakup. Amira, thanks for being here. I was so drawn to your story after reading your Instagram post about a breakup in your 30s and you wrote about not wanting to start over again, going into a negative spiral, feeling like you weren't where you should be on paper, and then moving toward healing and self-love and ultimately honoring yourself. And I think your post has inspired so many people. Uh, Have you heard from many people uh, that they're ultimately going through the same thing? I did, actually, which was, you know, when you post something like that, it's very scary, right? Because you're very vulnerable um, and you don't know how people are going to take that. But since I posted it, I've had so many people reach out, you know, people who are going through breakups themselves or divorces. And, you know, just basically saying you gave me some hope and some light in terms of, you know, not feeling like I failed or not feeling like I'm in a place where I can't get back up and move forward. Um, I think, you know, like I said in my post, we put so much pressure on ourselves. We compare ourselves to what our friends and our family members are doing. You know, in your mid thirties, you're supposed to be married. You're supposed to have kids. You're supposed to have this perfect like family. Um, but obviously 
sometimes things happen and it doesn't go as planned, but it doesn't mean that you're behind. It doesn't mean that you failed. It just means that you get to start over again and rewrite your chapter in the way that you want it and the way that's best for you. So, you know, having people, you know, reach out to me and say that this post inspired them, it makes me feel so good to be able to share my story and, you know, let people know that it's okay. It's okay to start over again. And again, you can change your narrative the way that you want it. Awesome. And I, I definitely want to talk about that, you know, keeping up and expiry and due dates for life accomplishments. But um, let's start at the beginning. So you were dating for a while, you were together for a while. Tell us your your story. Yeah. So, you know, I was with this partner for almost a decade, uh, eight years to be exact. And, you know, at the time, I thought things were going in the direction of marriage, of, you know, a future together. And I was set for life, to be honest. I was like, okay, I don't have to look again. I remember thinking, wow, I never have to like go on dating apps ever <laughs> because I, when I first started dating this person, you know, we there were no dating apps, everything. You meet people in person, you know, you meet people through friends. There was no tinder or hinge or any of that stuff so i felt very set for life um and so when the breakup happened i was basically shattered i was very very surprised by the whole thing and it really left me in a state of you know confusion but also i was terrified i was incredibly terrified because now you know first thing that ran through my, my mind was okay I'm 34. Where do I meet people? <laughs> there's, there's a pandemic. <laughs> um, how do I meet people in a pandemic? So all these things were running in my head. Um, but even before all that, you know, one thing that people kept saying to me was now's the time to really focus on yourself, focus inwards. Don't worry about dating or finding people. Worry about yourself. Um, so that was hard, to be honest. Uh, Finding self-love after giving love to somebody else and giving a lot of your all to somebody else, finding self-love was probably the most challenging thing that I had to face during this breakup. And so how did you even begin that process? So first of all, I have to say thank you for sharing all of those feelings because I don't think we talk about being scared enough. Like we, we admit that we're hurt. We admit that we're sad. Maybe we even admit that we're lonely, but... The fear of, you know, maybe not finding someone else, the fear of being alone can be overwhelming for many people. And of course, being single doesn't mean you're alone. You can have a much stronger social support network than many people who are married. But how did you move through that fear? Absolutely. And yeah, you're you're so right. People don't talk about the fear of breakups. Um, you know, for me, obviously, I was devastated. I was sad. I was, you know, I was, you know, it was it was it was a scary time. But the fear part came from the fact that like, I thought, okay, I'm 34, who's going to want to date me? And it's, it's such a crazy thought because as women, I think we put so much pressure on ourselves. Um, you know, we think that at a certain age, we're no longer like hot commodity, quote unquote. Um, but you know, it's so it's, that's, I think that's where my self-love really stemmed from. It was figuring out, okay, how can I go back to my roots of just being confident and loving myself and really focusing on me. I had given myself to this person for the last eight years. So now is the time to really sit here and figure out how can I give that love back to myself? One of the first things that I remember thinking was, you know, I was a whole person before I met him. 
Mm-hmm. I can be a whole person after I meet after after him as well. And I think that's what we forget. You know, we think that after a breakup, we break, but you you can put yourself back together. You can do that. And for me, finding self-love started with, okay, it wasn't like, oh, let's put a face mask on and let's take a bath <laughs> and all that stuff. It was how do I gain my self-confidence back? How do I do things so that I feel that I am more than enough, that I don't need someone to make me feel like I'm complete, that I don't need someone for me to enjoy the things in life. Um, To be honest, I started by looking for a therapist. And again, that's something that's scary for a lot of people, you know, seeking help professionally. But I think it's so essential because it gives, you know, obviously you have your girlfriends, you have your friends, you have your family to sound off to, but they can only be there so much. And they're so close to you and close to the situation that sometimes it be, you know, it becomes biased and you kind of talk about the same thing over and over again. And you don't have that like opinion that you really need from a professional person. So, you know, if you're lucky enough to be able to seek professional help, that's where I started and being able to talk to someone really helped me see things outside of what I couldn't see. You know, for example, one of the things that a therapist was able to show me was I need to stop filling someone else's cup when my cup is empty. And that was an eye-opening statement for me because I I always thought, okay, well, if I fill someone's cup, I'm happy because they're happy. But then what about me? What about me being happy? Um, So that was number one, was being able to hear those kinds of uh, words and advice from someone who does this for a living. Um, the other things that I started implementing in my in my daily uh, routine was journaling. Journaling was huge for me because I was able to write down my thoughts. I was able to write down things that um, you know when you're when you're going through something really hard, you can spiral into negative thoughts. You can get anxiety from all the thinking. So I think writing down your thoughts is super helpful because it helps you organize it. It helps you see it from a different perspective, from a different angle. It's also an outlet for you to kind of get everything out. So journaling has been huge for me. Um, Going for walks in nature, that was another thing for me, just being in the quiet and the stillness of, you know, being outside, um, that was huge. So I've been implementing daily walks by the water and just kind of sitting there with my thoughts. Um, A lot of podcasts. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I a lot of podcasts, which is great because, you know, again, there's so many people going through a lot of hardships and being able to hear what other people are going through. It kind of gives you that inspiration. Reading self-help books. Glennon Doyle is someone who I really think helped me through my breakup. Um, she's incredible. And she talks about, you know, forcing yourself to sit in the pain and forcing yourself to sit through the hardships, because once you do that, then you really learn the lessons and you can really start your healing process from that. So, and then other things that I would implement is, you know, seeing my friends, talking to friends, and also um, finding things that brought my soul joy, like doing things that I didn't think, you know, I, I had time for, but I started making time for, like, for example, interior design was always something I was very interested in. So I redecorated my apartment, which was amazing. Um, I, you know, I, I used to take a lot of dance classes, obviously with COVID, it's kind of hard, but then, I, you know, there were some places that were offering outdoor things. So I did that. Working out was a huge thing for me, cooking. So I was doing all the things that I now had more time for and also made me happy. So 
these were all the things I implemented and I'm still implementing in my journey in my life because it really is about making yourself happy and putting yourself first. And I think that's the number one thing that I took out of this breakup was finding happiness for myself by myself. (laughs) I love that. And as you describe your journey of therapy, journaling, walks, podcasts, reading, um, friends, seeking joy, cooking, exercise, uh, one thing that really stands out to me is sitting in the pain because all of those practical approaches that you're mentioning, um, it's it's what, you know, any expert's going to tell you to do. And it's like, you did all of them. You did (laughs) everything on the list. (laughs) But the big thing is also being willing to admit that like, this hurts, this Mm -hmm. sucks. Um, There's research showing that feeling badly after a breakup, as opposed to trying to distract yourself, actually helps you to heal. And I think that's a step that oftentimes for uh, Western people, and I think a lot of kind of A-type people and people who are into self-development, we often forget that it's okay to just, it's okay to cry and feel sad and be down and be unproductive. Um, Mm -hmm. And that often leads to these other pieces of production you're describing. And another thing that strikes me, the language you used about, you know, having given yourself to another person and how you had given him your love and you had to find self-love it sounds like your therapist really hit it on the head with regard to you know pouring from an empty glass Um, Mm -hmm. so it's really there's the practical side there's the emotional side there's the social support network side and then there's also the shift in perspective Uh, and, and I'm very curious about how you shifted your perspective with regard to expiry dates for life accomplishments that are so strongly rooted, I think, in sociocultural norms of gender. I don't think the pressure for, for example, a man in his 30s is necessarily the same as the pressure for a woman in her 30s. And, uh, you know, we we have these checkboxes, like by this age, I will do that. Uh, We don't want to fall behind. How did you begin to move past that? Yeah. And honestly, going back to what you said about sitting in the pain, um, I think that's when my perspective changed. One thing that I remember when the breakup happened, it happened during, uh, you know, still stage one of COVID. And I remember panicking because I said, oh, my gosh, I, I can't go out. I can't distract myself. I can't, you know, run away from this pain. I literally have to sit here and sit with this pain. And I remember being extremely terrified of this. Um, but honestly, it's what changed my perspective because being able to sit there and just feel the pain and really let it teach me what I needed it to teach me. And that was, you know, that the lesson that it really taught me was why do we put so much pressure on ourselves in a, at a certain age as women? Yes, of course there is, you know, the biological factor, which, you know, I mean, it will put the pressure on you if you're looking to have kids. Um, But at the same time, you know, we don't necessarily have to follow social norms. I think at the end of the day, for me, the biggest lesson was realizing that I never wanted to settle for less than what I deserved anymore. And that was a huge lesson for me because I was always under the impression that, okay, you meet someone, it's great, and you love that person, but is it really as great as you think it was? Um, Were you in it because you wanted to, you know, you wanted the marriage, you wanted the kids, you wanted the family, the white picket fence, all that stuff. Is that what you really wanted or what was it, right? So I think for me, 
learning that lesson of, you know what, I am not settling. I, you know, I sat, I t- honestly, I sat there and I wrote down everything that I needed and wanted from a partner. It started off with one thing and then it turned into five, which turned into like 10 things to like 15 things. And, you know, it, it, it's not just things like, oh, I want this person to look like this. It's like, what values and morals does this person have that I need from a partner? And being able to see that down on paper and realizing realizing that maybe that's not what I had, you know, the last whatever eight years, you know, gave me that perspective of, okay, you know what, find someone that fits this fits what you want and don't settle and everything else will fall into place. Um, I'm a huge believer of the universe giving you exactly what you need and what you want. And, you know, I'm very spiritual in that sense. Um, I think changing my perspective and really believing that things happen for a reason and things that are meant for me will happen for me. As long as I stay focused on what I want for myself, it will all fall into place. And slowly, you know, the pressure of it all started, you know, wilting away and and it made me really believe more in myself again back to the whole self-love thing it really made me believe in myself more and what i want what i'm looking for and that helped me in terms of changing my perspective um you know as women also like with jobs right like we we tend to shy away from like what we need we don't ask for a bigger salary we don't ask for the things that we really deserve so like you know why can't we apply that to our personal life too of asking for what we deserve, asking for what we need and and going after that. So that's where my perspective changed. You know, you're the second person in a couple of weeks and the other one's a big name. Uh, Jeannie Mai from The Real said the same thing that she wrote down everything she wanted in a partner after right. after her divorce. And, and she feels that she, I think she used the word like genie fested it as opposed to manifest. <laughs> you know, she's recently engaged and found what she wanted. And I'm going to add a layer to that. Mm-hmm. I love the idea of writing down everything you want in a partner, because I do th- think it helps you to kind of organize your thoughts, not to necessarily make a checklist, but just to understand your desires more clearly. And then my second piece of that would involve maybe writing down everything you bring to a relationship because I do this exercise with uh, with groups and uh, in the beginning I ask them to write down you know one thing that makes them a great partner one thing that makes their partner a great partner and one thing they do really well together and what I've observed is that people can very easily tell me what they do well together and what makes their partner great but they're so reticent to say what makes themselves great And I think we need to also kind of have an inventory of how great we are and what we bring to the table. And uh, yeah, I just, I love hearing your story. I think it's interesting that it's that that same process. And I do want to ask, you know, you talk about giving your love, giving yourself, and it sounds as though to some degree, you know, your happiness was contingent upon making someone else happy. And so I'm curious um, if and when, you know, you were to get into a new relationship what might you do differently? I mean, that's a great question because like, I love what you said about what can you give to another person in a relationship too. I think that's something, you know, after a breakup, we also forget, um, you know, what can you offer and what can you offer differently than what you had learned from your past relationship? I think for me, um, really, you know, what I'm looking for in terms of a partnership and what I'm hoping to offer and give is an equal 
equal partnership. I think that's so important. I think we forget to do that when we become comfortable and complacent in a relationship. You know, it's always one person who is doing more than the other person. And I, I know I'm not alone in this. I know a lot of people uh, go through this. And I think for me, the number one thing is how can I find someone who I can openly communicate with, who I can, you know, we, 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 I always say like, you need to meet someone who is just of a whole of a person as you are so that you guys are not filling each other's cups. It's really like you, you guys get together, you have very filled cups and you're still working on yourselves, but you complement each other. I, I actually don't like the term, this person completes me because I don't think anyone should be able to complete you. I think you complete yourself and then you find someone that complements that and complements your life. Um, so for me, I'm looking for really a person who, you know, shares the same values and morals as me, wants the same things for the future. But the most important thing is finding someone who is always willing to grow, not just in a relationship together, but as their own person. I think that is something I've learned really, really well since this breakup happened. It's, you know, not necessarily depending on someone else for your happiness, but still continuing to provide that for yourself while at the same time, you know, growing together in within your relationship as two different people complementing each other, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think it's interesting that sometimes we learn about ourselves and about relationships in the dissolution of relationships. Um, and I often talk about the fact that I don't think that the measure of success in a relationship is necessarily its sustenance or longevity, but what you know what you both take out of it. So a successful relationship can, in fact, be one that ends. And we see this in you know consensual non-monogamy communities. I certainly saw it in my in my parents' marriage. I saw. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I've ever really talked about this much publicly, but, uh, you know, my parents had what I call a good divorce. When I was in my teen years, they they split. Um, they're very kind to one another, thoughtful of one another. Uh, they still are. You know, my mom brought me banana bread yesterday. She also brought a loaf for <laughs> my dad. Like, she's just, you know, she's very thoughtful and kind and generous with him. And I think he's, you know, fairly appreciative of her <laughs> different personalities. <laughs> but I consider it a very successful relationship. Um, mm -hmm. And maybe, maybe that's not the perfect language, but that's just my language. Uh, because they are good to one another and they continue to enrich one another's lives in a less active but uh, still a very meaningful and, and loving way you don't have to be together so yeah I, I uh, yeah I really thank you for sharing your story I've, I've learned so much and I, what really resonates with me is that piece of sitting in pain and mm -hmm. not not being able to distract yourself not being able to run away from it but using that pain as healing to get over some of these socioculturally prescribed norms and move on to really honoring yourself. So before I let you go, any last thoughts on how folks can honor themselves within the relationship or after a breakup or while dating? Yeah. And, you know, I, I mean, first of all, thank you for even having me on your show. I think this is, uh, you know, this is amazing. And I'm so happy I was able to share my story with your listeners. Um, going back to what you said about your parents, I, I actually I love that so much. I think it is possible for two people who love each other to part ways and part ways in a way that's not painful. And that's, I mean, it could still be painful, but it's not as harsh as some breakups could happen. And I think that's from being so 
good with yourself, that you're able to communicate with your partner, whatever it is that's in your head and work that work that out together, whether it's staying together or not staying together. So I think that's the number one thing is, um, you know, if you're in a relationship right now, really make sure that your happiness is not coming from the other person, but coming from within yourself and make sure that your partner feels that same way too, because at the end of the day, if you're both happy on your own, if you're both, you know, willing to work on yourself, your relationship is going to be that much, much, much stronger. Um, so that's, you know, that's what I'm looking for now, you know, in a new relationship. And, and, and I think a lot of people forget that part. Um, and then, you know, if you're going through a breakup and if you're in the midst of it, this is your time to really get to know yourself. And as painful as it is, I promise you, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm proof, I'm proof. And I promise you, you get out of that. Um, but you have to sit within that pain because that's the only thing that's going to be able to teach you and help you move forward. Don't distract yourself. You know, don't find things like if you have to cry, cry. If you have to scream, scream, you know, do all the things that you need to do. Because guess what? Like I, this is, I think it's been three months now and I feel fantastic. Like I can authentically tell you that I feel great. And I started by lying on the floor for seven hours crying. So the fact that I'm even sitting here having this podcast interview with you, it's a huge, huge improvement for me. And that's because I sat in the pain for at least a month and learned from it and grew from it. And I'm continuing to heal and grow from it, but you become stronger every single day. So just, you know, this is your time to really focus inward self-love and take care of yourself and really figure out what is it that makes you happy, not what someone else is doing to make you happy. Thank you so much. And uh, three months seems like such a short time. So I'll just remind people that, again, like you don't have to measure yourself against anyone else's speed or process. Um, but I'm so happy to hear you are where you are. Folks, you can follow Amira Devera on Instagram. I'll be linking in the show notes. And of course, um, check out their work also with Project for Public Relations. Uh, you rep some of Canada's big talent in the entertainment and lifestyle industry. So I'm sure people will be following along. I'm learning <laughs> from you professionally. Oh, and also your fashion. Like she's the you know, oh, thank you. <laughs> best dressed person, as I sit here in my jogging pants and ripped t-shirt. <laughs> and I'm sure you look fantastic. <laughs> I feel cute, but I, I love seeing your, your pics on Instagram. So thanks again for chatting with me today. Thank you so much. You know, Amira's uh, insights and process really reflects all, all of the advice you'll, you'll hear from experts. You know, she talked about seeing a therapist and opening up using journaling to reduce anxiety, uh, using movement, going for walks in nature, looking at self-development, learning from podcasts and books, um, spending time with friends, seeking joy in things that perhaps she didn't make the time for when her time was more dedicated to the relationship. So she mentioned interior design and online dance classes. Uh, being creative. She mentioned cooking and getting exercise. And so this is, you know, quite a list of things that she's integrated into her life. Uh, But what really stands out for me is the sitting in the pain. And I think dominant ideas with regard to self-care, especially after a breakup, they tend to focus on being positive and socializing as a form of distraction and trying new things post-breakup. And All of those things, of course, can be helpful. But what we often miss relates to the less 
shiny emotions, right? The sadness, loneliness, sense of loss, um, grief. And instead of pretending to be happy and forcing yourself to be upbeat right away to distract yourself, regardless of whether you're dealing with a breakup or another type of loss, I really encourage you to consider leaning into the negative emotions, allowing yourself to be sad for a period of time if that's what you're feeling. Because you're more likely to reach um, acceptance because when we think about you know grief and loss we think about that dab dub process with acceptance being that last stage and of course it's not linear but you're more likely to get to this acceptance and overcome or work through a feeling if you acknowledge it and you know ignoring feelings of course will do nothing to eradicate them and we do have research showing that dwelling on a breakup can actually help you to get over the breakup more effectively so don't feel guilty don't feel ashamed don't be hard on yourself if you're not back to your you know happy joyful self and of course you know i I say this all the time that nothing is linear there's going there are always going to be these ups and downs so whether you're dealing with a breakup or a loss of a friend or the grief associated with change the loss of a job or any loss or pain that maybe arises from just setting boundaries in your life. I hope you give yourself time and permission to feel what you're feeling because that's how you work through it. It's really about working through and feeling what you're feeling as opposed to getting over it um, or ignoring or denying the experience. So wherever you're at, I wish you all the best with all of your feelings, the good the bad and the ugly. Thanks for being here today. If you like what you hear, please subscribe, share. Feel free to write us a review too. And I hope uh, Amira's story really uh, resonates with you in some way. Wherever you're at, have a great one. You're listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. Improve your sex life, improve your life.